Hello and welcome to the Guernsey Press Sport Podcast, your weekly insight into island sport brought to you in association with Upgrade Fitness. My name is Tony Kerr and with me as ever it's Gareth Prevo. Hi Tony. And Jamie Ingrall. Hi Tony. Good to see you guys. Um, another busy week, lots to enjoy, lots to get into. We'll hear from Guernsey Squash Development Officer Martin Watts. Um, busy time for that sport. Uh, I've been catching up with him. Uh, about well, Ireland Championships, Interinsulars, European Championships, uh, and, well, and the fact that squash is now going to be in the Olympic Games. Um, yeah, an exciting time for that sport. So a full interview with uh, Martin to come. Uh, we'll also look ahead to what else is coming up and look back at the last few days because there's been some uh, notable stuff to enjoy. Uh, we'll come back to the football uh, on our next football pod, Gareth, but you were down at Footslade last night for another goal fest. Yeah, eight goals in one night. And to be honest, it finished 5-3. It probably should have been 8-0 to GFC. They they had a hat full of chances. They should have scored many more, I'd suggest. And um, yeah, they, they got a bit lackadaisical in the second half and let in a couple of sort of weak or or soft goals, I should say, from um, Chipset. But it was a thoroughly deserved victory for GFC, GFC and great to see them jump three places in the table because of it. Yeah, flying. And one of those on the score sheet was Matt Loring. Um, we've got a full interview with him to come on Monday's Football Pod. So keep an ear out for that. Um, yeah, good news for GFC in their relegation battle. Good news for the rugby as well. Um, Raiders producing another, well, big showing when it mattered. Well, yeah, too right. Um, it was always going to be a big game against Wimbledon, who were one of the uh, three sides below Raiders uh, when they came to Foots Lane on the weekend. Um, at the time, I think there was sort of like only that they were literally sort of uh, next to each other in the table. But as I said to Jordan Reynolds after the game, it, it looked like Guernsey were a far better outfit than Wimbledon. I, I don't mean any disrespect by that, but Guernsey won 49-21. And to be honest, that was perhaps a bit flattering for the visitors because uh, a couple of their tries were almost a bit freakish in the first half. I, I, I couldn't really believe that Raiders... Um, were only 28-14 up at half-time. They probably should have been about 35-0 up at the time. Um, but they played really well. Um, their defence was was decent. It didn't need to be anything more than that, really. Um, but their attack looked um, to be firing really well. Um, I thought Sam Boyland was excellent at scrum half and those behind him. I mean, uh, Charlie Simmons isn't the most regular fly half. He's often in the, in the nine shirt. But he uh, he conducted things well, and then Tom Teasdale and Kieran McGann were excellent in midfield. They always posed a threat, and then outside those, obviously, you got uh, the back three: Anthony Armstrong and Callum Roberts and uh, Ethan Smith, who was also really good. I, I, he thoroughly deserved his try. Um, yeah, it was great to see them in full flight, and it's obviously nice when you get a, a decent day, even in January down at Foots Lane, when it's a nice dry day, that they can chuck the ball around and, and show their ability and, and skill set. Yeah, it's really good just to see, once again, you know, in a big game that, that they were sort of on it right from the first whistle. Mm. Yeah, I think you're right as well about Raiders just looking a cut above Wimbledon. I mean, they just looked sort of bigger, stronger, more committed, better in defence, mm. better in attack. Um, it all bodes really well uh, as they sort of try and, um, well, draw clear or stretch clear of the, the relegation zone. Am I right saying they go to Old Albanian this weekend yeah. in the catch-up game, um, a side who are now only five points ahead of Raiders. So um, that, that could be an interesting contest. And then the week after a trip to Worthing, who are the side below them. So we could know a lot more in a couple of weeks' time. Yeah, Worthing's going to be sort of the real big one because that, that's actually in the original schedule. Um, Old Albanians is, is a good opportunity going away on the road. 
But um, yeah, Raiders will actually have some people missing because it's the nature of the beast that when you've got a bye week in your schedule, some guys sort of plan trips away just for a weekend. So they are going to be missing sort of two or three regulars. But you'd Dry imagine- January over as well. Well, yeah, Dry <laughs> January's over. But you'd imagine that um, old Albanians might well be in the same boat. They might be missing some guys because it was supposed to be a bye week and it is like the first weekend of the Six Nations. So I think quite a few people sort of get tickets for that, for whoever they support, England, uh, Scotland, Ireland, Wales, whoever. And they go and watch those games thinking they won't have a club game. Um, so, yeah, Raiders are going to be missing a few, but their hosts might be as well. So, fingers crossed, um, it sort of evens itself out and Raiders can come back with something. The other sort of standout performance from last weekend, Jamie, came a few thousand miles away, didn't it, in Florida, um, where Seb Prio was competing in the Daytona at 24 hours, the Rolex 24, um, really high profile event. And uh, what a start he made to his season. Yeah, so Seb, having just stepped into a new class, the GTD Pro class, uh, yeah, for him to get second and his first real race outing is obviously a fantastic result. It comes off the back of him qualifying first at the previous week's uh, Raw before the 24, as they call it. And yeah, it did not look like it is easy the whole way, but for him to get that kind of result is really encouraging given that he wasn't really in contention last season. Yeah, that step up in class, uh, literally, um, yeah, looks like it's going to really suit Seb this season. Um, Yeah, the sort of the nature of it, I think he'll be driving alongside, uh, you know, teammates who are sort of fully professional uh, kind of drivers. So, um, yeah, really good to see them in contention from the get-go in this championship season because it is a a really big year for him and to to get onto the podium um, first up in, in such a... Uh, such an epic event um, is a really good start. They go to Sebring next, don't they? Uh, that's at the start of March for a 12-hour race there. And uh, yeah, once again, um, by looks of social media, uh, yeah, Seb very much in the most eye-catching vehicle in the in the uh, the Rexy um, dinosaur liveried um, Porsche that he drives. Um, yeah, pretty eye-catching. And if you follow. Well, I was about to mute AO Racing actually on our Twitter account because, <laughs> just because of the sheer number of uh, near sheer number of posts about it. Because it seems like the Americans do uh, do really go mad for it. Yeah, uh, I think dinosaurs and Tyrannosaurus Rexes must be very popular over there because yeah, it, it's the actual sort of like the the high profile person in that team seems to be the car rather than any of the drivers. That's for sure. So that was going on in the background, Jamie, most of the weekend uh, over in Florida, but closer to home. What else were you keeping an eye on? Yeah, I mean, it's a fairly lively weekend for sports all around, like locally and off-island. But I guess one thing I do want to highlight is this CI Top 12 table tennis tournament, where we had Jersey's top players over to take on our top players. We ended up taking the top four positions out of 12 total competitors, which is obviously a pretty <laughs> pretty strong outcome. And then, personally, I was down at Beaujolais to catch up with their latest of basketball Super Saturday events, sort of of capitalising on the success of the Island Games and making more of a like, spectator event out of local basketball matches. Yeah, I guess the main uh, attraction for me was the women's game between Comets and Ravenscroft because that's got quite a heavy weighting on their title race. And yeah, Comets, get it. Comets got the win over Ravenscroft, who are serial champions of the league. They won last year. They won... They had quite a streak going before that as well. Uh, so, yeah, it'll be interesting if we can get a different winner on their trophy, which seems to be the direction we're headed. Yeah, those titles um, to be decided very soon. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, more coverage to come, of course, uh, in the Guernsey Press. Welcome back. Let's talk squash now. Um, it was a big weekend locally. Jamie, wasn't it, with the uh, Osier Island Championships taking place 
um, well, at a really busy time for the sport locally. Uh, the top island players getting ready as well um, for the European Team Championships, which is to come in Romania uh, in a few weeks' time. Of course, they're looking forward to an island games next year as well with squash back on the cards for Orkney 2025. And they had the news recently, somewhere, of course, in terms of level, but the uh, good news that squash is on the cards for an Olympic Games um, in LA. So uh, plenty to talk about uh, with squash at the moment in Guernsey. And to do that, I caught up with the sports development officer, Martin Watts. Martin, welcome to the pod. Great to see you. Thank you. Thanks for coming in. Really busy time for you and for squash in the island. Uh, busy start to the year. Um, yeah, just first of all, sort of top level. How's it all going? Yeah, I mean, it's good. I mean, it's uh, our season does run from sort of September through to May, but uh, this is where it starts to really get going. Um, as you've probably seen, some of the juniors are travelling away quite a lot. We've just had our Osier Island championships uh interinsular coming up and uh, european team championships so yeah really really busy time yeah lots to get your teeth into uh, let's start with the island champs that have just happened um talk us through just sort of very, very briefly um how it went on kind of uh, all sides of the competition awesome really um so it, it was quite refreshing to have a, a competitive tournament. And I say that, it's, it's always competitive, but uh, there's usually one or two players that are in contention to win it. But this year there was uh, a few more players. Um, the final was really close, but uh, the semi-final between uh, Leo Fossey and Yannick Radford was equally as close. And, and uh, Yannick just pipped the semi-final, so he was a bit tired going to the final. But yeah, he managed to win the final against Henry. So that was great. Um, we also introduced a new to new to squash section this year uh, we've got a few new faces that um, are sort of recreational players but they still want to play a little bit of competition so we so we had a sort of different category for for new to squash that have never played any tournaments before and they had a great laugh um, uh, there was a winner of course um, but, but they just enjoyed playing the the um, matches it was good yeah, brilliant. And Yannick, uh, as someone who's been around Guernsey Squash for, for quite a while now, um, at the sort of top end of things, all those sort of bounced in and out a little bit. How, how pleased are you to see him sort of back and, and firing at his best? It's good, actually, because the Island Championships, um, Henry's won it quite a few times. It's, it's almost Henry's event. He's, he's won it an awful lot of times. I, I've won it myself a few times. Um, Yannick hasn't actually won that event that much, so it's actually quite nice for him to, to take it. I think it's either the second or third time, so it's not very many. Um, he's been one of our key players for a, a number of years. Um, hasn't had the fitness. Uh, end of last year, he had a bit of an injury, so couldn't really play so it's nice to see him back to top level really yeah and when you say you know obviously it's nice to have a competitive tournament I mean it yeah these are names you know yourself you've been around for a few years uh yeah competing at the, the, the top end of, of the local sport as you say Yannick Henry Birch as well um but it, it, is there a bit of a changing of the guard kind of on the horizon yeah I mean P Patrick Josie's always there or thereabouts and he always goes to the European team championships but he's never managed to sort of crack into those top three Leo Fossey's been away a little bit um and actually playing a bit more squash and when you play against different players it's nice because you sort of lose where Guernsey are and you, you play your own squash and so Leo Fossey's come back to the island really in really good form um, and he as, as I mentioned in the semi-final we really really gave Yannick a great game so it's great to see him doing well we've also got a couple of um, sort of 17 18 year old juniors that did the British Open this year um, they're doing really well and hopefully in the next sort of year to 18 months we're going to see a few of those a few of the top guys top names change a little bit and do you think those those the top guys are ready to let it go um, 
I, I include myself in one of those. <laughs> and uh, and as you know, I'm not getting any younger myself. So I think um, from my point of view as development officer, it's great to see that. Um, I think Henry and Yannick will certainly have something to say. And I, I hope that they will raise their game a little bit um, when those guys are really chasing them and challenging them. Yeah, talking about those juniors that are doing well, um, how much potential have they got to, you know, to well, as you say, to, to start challenging locally? But how much... Um, enthusiasm have they got to take their squash on as, as much as they can um, uh, uh, let's talk about Leo Leo Ware and um, Toby Young first of all they've done a couple of British Junior Opens and that's the biggest um, junior event in the world um, Jack Wellborn went with them this year um, so that is a massive event and they have to be ready and prepared for that um, it's also a great experience great um um for them to see the top level juniors in the world playing um, obviously they're not going to quite compete with them yet um but when they come back to the island, it gives them that little buzz, um, gives them a different aspect of the game. Yeah, so I do think they've still got the buzz. Um, again, th- it's nice for them to start to look into the Interinsular and the European Team Championships and actually think, actually, I've got a good crack at that. I've got a good chance of being selected and, and doing well. And they- they'll be our main players for the next couple of years, hopefully. Yeah, looking ahead then to the next few months, as you say, Interinsular and, and European Team Champs, um, what- what's the... Um, yeah, what, what's the feeling ahead of those? How, how, are, you, how are we shaping up as an island? Uh, Jersey was strong last year. Um, I, I, I would hope we do okay in squash. We, we struggle a little bit with the racquetball, but we're, we're doing things to, to address that. Um, uh, we've just entered the European Gym Championships. There's 14 teams in that, so that's, that's great to see. That's in April. Um, that's the, the biggest event we aim for at the moment. Um, having said that, we, we had the Island Games last year, which we weren't in, but uh, we are in the next one. So that's another event that um, these are all stepping stones for our players to step up to and um, an excitement for them to aim for. Yeah, there's a lot of opportunities then at the moment to to represent Gadsden, but uh, you know, as you say, just to kind of push yourself on. Yeah, and, and, and we, we're sort of making a mark right across the board, right away from juniors. Um, we've got some uh, Masters players, including myself, travelling to tournaments now. So um, that's quite, as a development officer, that's really great to see because you've got um, Leo Carpenter um, doing lots of different events. He's, he's getting into the ranking now. I think he might even be the top 20 in the ranking in the UK, which is great to see. It does take a lot of tournaments to get to that. So financially, it's um, a burden. Um, I played in a, a Masters tournament a, a few weeks ago myself. And it, it really, that's just for enjoyment of the game. Uh, as you get a bit older, you can't really compete with the younger ones. So for me, it's just a sort of incentive to, to keep competing. Yeah, you did pretty well. I, d- I did okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, what... For you kind of going into those age categories, is it a bit eye-opening, quite scary? It is, because it was back in my um, uh, Essex where I grew up. Um, so, um, so lots of the players that were there sort of, oh, what are you doing here? And I explained to them that I'm in the over 45 category now, and I, I still can't believe that. <laughs> but obviously, they I used to play them when I was younger in Essex. So it was sort of nice to, to get games against those, getting games against different people. Um, yeah, and I, I did end up winning, um, but um, no, it, it was just great fun to see those players and um, just something different rather than playing at Beaux-Jour. Yeah, quite. And I mean, where, where's squash at the moment, kind of nationally, globally? Uh, what, what's the sort of health of the sport like? Um, I, I think there's a little bit of doom and gloom in the UK. I mean, you always hear about squash clubs closing down and and um, I think it's the space and they're, they're turned into gyms and things like this. But when you look at it across Europe and across, um, certainly in America, the game's really taken off. Um, you probably heard the news recently that squash is now in the Olympics. Um, so I think we're, we're hoping we're going to get a little bit more publicity from that. Um, 
get a few more people into the game. Um, everyone sort of asks us how many juniors we've got, how many adults we've got over here. Um, and and they saw that that's a, that's a good number. It, it is, but I, I still feel that we can do a little bit better. Um, and as a small island, we're still competing with the UK. Um, and uh, when we go to the European Team Championships, we'll see how we compete against those guys in Europe. Yeah, that Olympic inclusion... Um yeah, I mean, it's been something that, that squash has talked about for for years and years, isn't it? Um, it's been that kind of uh, the sort of promised land, if you like. Uh, how excited are you personally? But I mean, do you, how realistic is it that that's going to have a massive impact? Well, we'll we'll see. I mean, yeah, you're right. It's been it's been on the cards for a, a number of years. We've had a lot of projects to to try and get in, and we keep being disappointed um, year in year um, year in year out. Um, so the one that it's in is, I think it's uh, Los Angeles. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's Los Angeles. So obviously that's America where the sport squash is really taken off in America. So I think that's sort of had an impact on it. Um, and uh, yeah, we're included for that one, which is great. And I, th- I think just just the fact that people are now going to see it as an Olympic sport. And I don't think it changes much for the actual game. Yeah, but when it comes to publicity and people realise that um, it's in that top level as well, especially with the Commonwealth Games sort of slightly... Um, not sure where they are at the moment. Um, it, it gives another level, not necessarily for us in Guernsey, but certainly squash in, in general across the world. Yeah, maybe one day, I guess. I, I'm, I'm sure some of our juniors, <laughs> some of our younger juniors, have got their eyes on the Olympics. But that's, I mean, for, for me, you know, squash should be an Olympic sport. It, you know, it's it would be where you know it's going to be a pinnacle event um, uh, for for the sport, isn't it? Um, when you think of some of the sports that are included, that that perhaps. You know, is, is, I'm not going to mention any yeah. other sports, but yeah, I mean, I, it, it's one of those sports where it's not particularly well televised. Yeah. Um, and unless you've actually experienced it, you probably don't realize quite how tough and how physical it is. Um, when you do, even even if you're just watching one of the Yosier Island Championships finals, yeah, you realize how physical and how much movement's involved and, and how tough it is. So, yeah, I mean, we, we, we think we deserve the um recognition of being an olympic sport really yeah it's a good sport to watch in person it, yeah it's quite it's intense you get sucked into to the contest for sure having sort of watched a few island games matches um and and you know checked in on island finals it is uh yeah it it's quite an absorbing spectator sport although i guess yeah it is quite difficult to stage you know i suppose when you see some of the professional events where they've got the sort of big glass you know kind of courts and stuff it there's a bit of admin if you like to get it to get it sorted but um when it's put on right it is impressive yeah, I, I, I've sort of, um, I grew up and there was a lot of snooker on TV and, and they changed the changed snooker a little bit and made it a bit more exciting as they showed you lots of different angles and um, front on to where players were playing the shots. So so when squash suddenly had a glass court and you could see the players from the front, see the players from the side um, and they started to use a white squash ball on a darker court so the, the ball was easier to see. Um yeah, you, you do. You just get a totally different aspect um, when you've got a traditional squash court, either with a glass back court or, and you see players from the back. You don't particularly get good photos. You don't particularly get a, a view of the play, players' faces as they're playing the shots. But yeah, with the new courts and the new technology, it's um, it's made a big difference for the game. Yeah, brilliant. And in terms of, um, I guess, more realistic aspirations, if you like, the sort of local show pieces, you mentioned the Island Games, and um, being back in that is is going to be big. Um, we, we had John Marley on recently um, chatting about some of the things that perhaps Island Games will have to look at in the future in terms of staging. And, and one of the things he said was that, uh, you know, it, it's such a shame that sports have to miss out at all. Um, is there, do you have a hope that, that we could get to a point at some point where squash would be in every Island Games or, or the Island Games could manage to stage every sport each time? Um, I think I'm more realistic than that. <laughs> um, 
I think maybe if it was if they were shared on an equal basis, so the, so that we sort of knew that okay, every sport had to miss one or or two, um, just to make sure it gives you a little bit more reg- regularity to the to the sports. If sp- certain sports are in the whole time, then squash sometimes misses two island games, and, and so you work it out that's six years. Mm. Um, and that in itself sort of puts it for us as an organisation on the back burner a little bit because although it's still an important event um, and and the local players, the people that are true to Guernsey really, really do, that's their main event when you, when you talk to them. Um, so it certainly does mean something. But if yourself doesn't come around for six years, there are people that could miss out. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't I don't think we'd get to a point where every sport's going to be at every single time. Um, however, I do I do feel that it they, they could be a little bit more refreshed. Um, um, there's no reason why slightly bigger islands couldn't maybe host a couple more events. Yeah, things like that. I know they they keep it regular, so um, I wouldn't like to say too much. But um, no, no, I think that the, a few changes might might go down well. Yeah, brilliant. And it's not that far away, is it now? Um, what's next year, Orkney? Um, how will that team come together? Do you know how many players you're taking and what the qualification process will look like? Um, not not particularly yet. Um, usually there's um, a team event, which is usually five players, four or five players. You have a couple of um, doubles events um, and you have singles events as well. So normally there's sort of eight to ten players stroke officials involved in the in the actual um, matches, which is quite a big number. If you look at the European Team Championship, you usually only take five or six players. So we're talking twice twice as many as that. It's also a mixed event as well. So the team event includes ladies. So um, we're, this year we're not sending a team of ladies to the European Team Championships. But when it comes to the Island Games, yeah, that, they are part of the team. So it's really important that we get those those ladies playing as well. Yeah, brilliant. Um, and that European Team Championship obviously comes first uh, this year. Um, it's been something that we've been involved in probably, what, for six? Since 2017. Yeah. First, first one we went to was in Jersey. Yeah, brilliant. Um, how is that? Uh, evolved for for you guys as as Guernsey squash. I mean, um, you're obviously pretty committed to it because you've been several times now. Uh, yeah, I mean, um, it was my counterpart in Jersey, Nick Taylor, who um, they hosted it that year, um, and he attracted us to come across. And he sort of said to us, "Look, the Island Games again. We were having trouble with the Island Games, and it wasn't every year. So the European Team Championships um, is every year. Um, so far, we've been to Jersey, we went to Lisbon, Riga, uh, Ljubljana. So uh, one more than that." Um, and this year we're going to Bucharest. So we're, we're, we're traveling to see some really great places, but we're also competing against um, Turkey, um, Ireland, L- Latvia, um, obviously the smaller islands as well that take part in the Island Games. So Isle of Man, Jersey are always there, Gibraltar. Yeah, but uh, it's, it's great for us again to play different players. And we're competing against some really big nations. Yeah, it's awesome to see. And it must be a, a, a real big... Um uh, opportunity that you can use as as a development officer to sell the game of squash to, to people in Guernsey. Yeah, uh, obviously there's a limited number of the people that get selected. Um, and as I've said, there's a couple of juniors, older juniors this year that, that might get the chance to go for the first time. Um, and we've been running this event since 2017, so it's a long time. And, and they've sort of kept their eyes on the European Championship for a long time. So it's it's, it's these events that really keep them their incentive going and, and the chance to play. And although the pool of players that are selected are quite small, that spreads out right the way across the system. Because if you've got someone like Yannick Radford really training quite hard, it drags everybody else's level up and everyone around them trains and, and improves their level. Yeah, brilliant. And in terms of youth development, um, yeah, what, what what are the sort of numbers like, uh, the kind of r- real kind of grassroots of, of the sport in Guernsey at the moment? 
Um, they're okay. I mean, um, I, th- I think as most sports, we were hit with COVID and we're still sort of just coming out of that. But we've, we've got quite a lot of interest. Um, uh, we've we increased our number of coaches last year. So so there's a bit more support for me. So it gives me a little bit more freedom to do other events, either um, competitions off island or some, some schools work while, while the club's gone at uh, Beaux-Azur. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, we've got a year four festival coming up. So we're still doing those events and those events are really important to get new players in. Um, but we're also doing some schools work with the senior schools. Um, so we're getting sort of teenagers in as well, which is uh, great for us. You get new faces all the time. Um, and, uh, and the junior system's evolving quite nicely. So how big is this sort of challenge in terms of facilities? And, and as you mentioned before, you know, the, the, the fact that we are losing squash courts, um, is it... Are you fighting a losing battle on that facilities front? Can we turn that tide at some point? Ah, well, as you probably know, we've been looking for a new centre for a very long time. It's not worked out yet. Um, we, we're still talking about that. Um, having said that, Beaux-Azur has been our home for a very long time. We still work with them closely. The facilities there are sort of um, struggling. Um, they, 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 the courts need a little bit of work. Um, which we're hoping will be will be done soon, but obviously there's not a lot of money around with the states at the moment. So uh, it's just a matter of us working with them. I know there's a review going on at Beaux-Azur at the moment. Um, so in in terms of facilities, I think we could do better. We we are looking to do better, and um, but uh, it, that's not something we can do immediately. Yeah. Um, so it needs a little bit of work. Is that the ultimate goal? Would be to have a, a, a purpose-built squash centre, if you like? Yeah, I mean. It, is it realistic for us to have our own centre that is just squash? Probably not. But um, if we if we can link onto somewhere else, um, even if we had a few sort of few courts spread across the island, yeah, we we would need somewhere to call our home and 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 be the main place we had our competitions. But it would be sort of you look at Jersey situation; they've got two or three different centres uh, where they've got squash going on, and um, when there's a major event, they do, they use their squash centre. So that's where the hub is, really. Yeah, and that's where you'll be in a, a few weeks for the Interinsula. Yeah, uh, let's finish on that. What's uh, yeah? What was the the kind of feeling about uh, how we're going to measure up this year? Um, it's uh, let, let me start with a slight negative. It's been slightly challenging getting enough seats to get uh, a full team across. So we've so we've had to sort of narrow the team down a little bit. Um, uh, but yeah, we're we're looking to put out a, a very good squash team. Yeah, um, good veterans team strong racquetball team slightly stronger than last year although I think Jersey will still be a little bit too strong for us in the racquetball but um, our events are still the squash what's what's tended to happen is that um, the players that are sort of in late 30s 40s in Jersey are now playing racquetball um, they're very similar games but racquetball is a little bit less intense and actually you get a bit of better workout and it's, it, it can be a bit more fun because the rallies are slightly longer so a lot of the jersey players have gone over to playing racquetball whereas our sort of 30 40 year olds are still playing squash and still enjoying their squash so um that's why we tend to be a little bit stronger in depth of the um with the squash um and that's why jersey are, are strong at their racquetball is there any prospect of sort of separating the two out it feels like feels like you know sort of a pure squash instrument to the would uh, might do us a favour. I think it was you that mentioned it last year. <laughs> why, why are they combined? And um, we are talking to Jersey about possibly splitting the events, partly because it, it, as you know, I don't want to be too negative about it, but it's very difficult to get thirty to thirty-five players yeah. across the islands. Um, it doesn't matter how early you book; it's still very expensive. So it, we are Jersey and Guernsey are looking to see whether we can work together to maybe split the events, see if it's better to do the, to the uh, racquetball and the squash separately, and just work to work out what is best. Um, uh, just just to keep that interinsular tradition going, really. 
Yeah, brilliant. Well, best of luck. Um, yeah, it's been uh, good catching up on what's going on. It's uh, yeah, been a busy time and you've got lots coming up. So we'll be, uh, we'll be right across it. Thanks for having us. Great. Guernsey Squash developer so Martin Watts speaking to me there. Yeah, all the best for everything they've got coming up. We'll be uh, right across it here at the Guernsey Press. Um, right, let's have a quick look ahead to the weekend and what else is going on. Standout diary items this weekend, Gareth? Yeah, obviously um, Raiders being off island, but that's perhaps almost like the highlight of the of the weekend in terms of uh, our sport on Saturday. And Vikings are also away at US um, Portsmouth. Um, but arguably the, the sort of the highlight of the weekend locally would be on Sunday when Guernsey over 35 women continue their um, national knockout competition it's the first time they've entered and they've got through two rounds already and going really well and they um, they welcome Hampstead and Westminster to Foots Lane on Sunday lunchtime they start at one o'clock so that should be a good game and that's, we've got a really strong sort of side in that with the vast majority of our current island squad sort of involved in, in that over 35 side as well so um, looking forward to that one yeah sure that get some good support down there a couple of things to mention elsewhere as well um the channel and sports awards take place uh next week well a week today a uh, week on thursday as we record this um the eighth here in guernsey at beaux and of course we've got three uh, athletes in the running for the top prize there the betway sports personality of the year 2023 alex scott sam colvwell and josh lewis up against uh, jersey table tennis player hannah silcock um you can uh, vote for your favorite so uh, hopefully those guernsey uh, stars will be getting plenty of support uh, and we'll see one of them walk away with that prize at Beaux-Ajour. Um, we'll have the numbers in the paper, won't we, Gareth, over the next few days. So keep an eye out for that. Elsewhere, another competition that everyone can get involved in uh, is the Fantasy Formula One, which, of course, uh, yeah, is published uh, in the Guernsey Press uh, throughout the season. And uh, you can get involved. The entry forms are in the paper. Uh, it's going to be supporting the Preo Premature Baby Foundation this season. And uh, yeah, Gareth, the entry form has already gone in, but there'll be a few more chances, won't there? Yeah, we're we'll, we'll looking to get in perhaps half a dozen times before the deadline. Deadline's the 20th of February, so um, still a couple of weeks left for, for people wanting to enter. And it's always a really good entry. must admit, I started having kittens today when I saw the flashing news that Lewis Hamilton was <laughs> going to be moving teams, but that's not until next season, fortunately. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, whether people are thinking that might influence their team selection, whether Mercedes might not be as strong as perhaps they should be, who knows? But, uh, yeah, so we'll be printing that entry form, certainly um, four or five more times before that before that deadline and uh yeah it's, it's a great cause it's a fundraising event it's 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 a really enjoyable competition i know a lot of um workplaces and uh families sort of have a they have their own little mini competition going on as part of it so um yeah it's it's uh something we enjoy publishing and uh, hopefully it'll be another successful season yeah get your entries in jamie finally where are you going to be this weekend what can we look forward to reading in the paper next week <laughs> um new year new championship for motocross and as far as I'm aware, we've also got, to a certain extent, a new facility. There's been a lot of work done to the track relatively recently. It should hopefully make for some interesting viewing. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, well, we'll look forward to reading uh, some coverage of that next week. Um, let's leave it there. Our thanks, as ever, to Upgrade Fitness for their support of the show. Um, if you're enjoying what we're doing with these podcasts, then the best way to support us is to pick up a copy of the paper six days a week. You can, of course, also subscribe to our digital edition online. Um, you find the details at guernseypress.com. And of course, we're on social media as well. At GSY Press Sport is the place to go there. Uh, thanks very much. Cheers, Tony. Cheers, Tony.